Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. And this particular episode on the podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. Dateline! Whenever the galaxy has existed, this is Clone Wars. <laughs> Excellent. We're getting, we're getting into, like, news journalism at this point. We've gone from just quick broadcast to now three different segments on the yes. state of the galaxy with some insightful interviews in investigative reporting. This is uh, next to we'll Brokaw, Cronkite, Peter Jennings, all of them, 
All of them will show up at some point. <laughs> and when you run their names all together, they sound like one great Star Wars character, don't they? Brokaw Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly right. A hall, uh, a hall of news mainstay. A hollow news mainstay, Brokaw Cronkite. Uh, that doesn't even sound right when I say it out loud. And yet, uh, yeah, Cronkite. There we go. There we go. I said it right. Now we're going to move on to Star Wars, the thing we should be talking about. Uh, we're always delighted to talk about the Clone Wars, and we're excited to talk about this episode. I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is... Cat Napsack, happy to be here with all the old news references. <laughs> That's right, kids. Google the old news. Uh, <laughs> we are having a blast talking about the Clone Wars in chronological order. This episode, we are up to season one, episode eight, entitled Bomb Bad Jedi. Uh, here is the quick summary. The Rodian senator, Anaconda Far, lures his old friend Padme Amidala to Rodia as part of his choice to join the Separatists. 3PO and Jar Jar realize Padme's been taken captive, and Jar Jar bravely attempts to rescue Padme and inadvertently pretends to be a Jedi while wearing Padme's secret husband's clothes. Adventure, comedy, and life lessons ensue. Uh, that is, I mean, that's a juicy episode. That's a lot going on. <laughs> There really is a lot going on, and that's what I continue to enjoy about this rewatch of you kind of remember these episodes for like one or two specific big, shiny, loud things, and then you get into it and like, oh, wait, there is a lot going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but as always, the, the Clone Wars episodes begin with uh, the moral, and the moral of this episode are heroes are made by the times. Uh, and what do you make of that moral? Do you like this one? Does it resonate with you? It does. I, I, yeah, it does. It does. I, I, I don't know where to go with that right away. Um, uh, we'll dive into it, but, uh, I, this episode, I was, when we started doing this, this was one of the first episodes. I was like, I can't wait to see what happens to me when I rewatch this. Episode. <laughs> and, uh, the, the moral pops up and I was like, Oh, I already just have a bunch of different meanings in my head about that. And, uh, it, it got me started off right for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Did your mind go to the sort of larger um, interpretations of that, of like heroes are made by the times has some, it's like a, a positive version of the, you know, may you live in interesting times as an alleged curse, right? That uh, <laughs> heroes are made by the times could be like, look, I was just about to start, I got my law degree and I was just about to start my law profession and start my family and oh, World War II, heroes are made by the times. Like there's that interpretation of it. Yep. And there's that just sort of like moment by moment, like you find yourself in a crisis like you know at a mall or whatever as you yourself have found mm -hmm, yourself in a crisis mm -hmm. at a mall as mm -hmm. for somebody who worked uh security did mm. you yeah did you absorb it as like kind of that big picture you're caught up into the into global events or that smaller just like something happens around you and there's a moment where you have to make a choice a b and c all of the above whatever you want to say to give the answer now this is great because jar jar is in some times that are pretty bad overall and he but in this on this micro level it goes to this idea that to me i'll say a hero is not a title that is given it is earned and you can also lose that title by the way i think not a, not a matter of what have you done for me lately but you can make choices <laughs> later on that can that can counter counteract not take away your efforts in the past but can undercut them undermine them uh there may be different conversations but um there is a version of what a hero is and 
it's probably a, you know understandable correct version but then uh, it doesn't matter to me it's what you do in the moment and what you do when called and that's why it to me it, it is your actions earn you that title uh and up, it's up to you to keep it uh and jar jar is an example of that here and this and it, and so just i mean looked down upon not just by a fandom but even in story we always say in story <laughs> got some great like okay uh, moments up top and to rise to the occasion and to make the choices um, that Jar Jar does. And yeah, no, sometimes Jar Jar, his actions aren't from his choices. They're from his, his foibles, but that's okay too. You're there. It is, uh, it is all that uh, again with the, with the big picture and acting to me, the acting for the good of others is something we all can do is, is something there as well. So anyways, that that's kind of the starting point for me. Awesome. Yeah. I, I really like this one. I think this was one of those morals that I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, just a, that's a great thing to keep in mind for life. And it works really well in Star Wars, works with this episode. I think it, uh, sometimes the moral of the episode is really intimately tied to like what is actually at stake in the episode. And I thought this was one of those times where it really resonates with that idea. We all have, always have a choice from the big to the small, uh, from the Jar Jar to the Anaconda Far, Fate of Rodia, that you always have uh, a choice. And sometimes you're presented with these moments where you, you're not proactively out trying to go out and be like, what am I going to be today? I'm going to be a hero. It's just something lands in front of you and you have the choice to handle it, you know, one way or another, even when you would much rather not have to do anything. Yeah. But you have to respond to uh, the times uh, mm-hmm. that you're living in, either in the big picture or right in the moment. And I think it's just also for me, Heroes Are Made by the Times also has some great rhythm to one of the things I really like to think about in jedi philosophy of i i think ideally jedi don't want to be proactive they want to be uh, you know the shield yeah which means it only it only raises when there's a problem you know yeah. um they they go when when they in when they happen like even ahsoka is like kind of uh, I, I think meant to be in the story of clone wars a little bit more pure idea of the jedi of her statement of like when i'm going along in life and i encounter someone who needs help i help them Okay. which is just really interesting to me to think about for the Jedi, that difference between we're going to go out into the galaxy and we're going to look for things that are wrong and we're going to insert ourselves in the situation and fix them versus, hey, if we happen to come across something, you know, we we should make ourselves heroes when we encounter those times. Yeah. Yeah. And it all falls on Jar Jar's shoulders. <laughs> and Jar Jar is the Jedi of this episode. Yeah, so let's get into that. I lost my thought for a second because I was listening to you talk, and then what I said, I was just like, and this is a Jar Jar episode. <laughs> right? But it does a little bit because it is so, I mean, it's got Jedi right in the title. You know, uh, uh, I'm not I'm not reaching too deep uh, to connect yeah. it back to the Jedi. Uh, I often reach deep to connect it back to Jedi, but it's right in the title this episode. Uh, but let's get into the episode itself. What was your overall reaction did you love it did you like it was this one of those episodes that you kind of half remembered and uh, had a little bit of dread as it approached i i mean i'll say this i really like it i really like it i'll fall short of saying i love this episode but i really like it and again when we started this when when you and i were talking about doing this and, and you kind of said what if we just hey what if we weekly go into arcs and uh, okay this is great and i thought to myself oh bombad jedi yeah i haven't seen that in seven years <laughs> I just, it's not on my rewatch list why well it's jar jar and you know uh, we've said a lot of positive things about jar jar on this channel we love ahmed best we love what the character can bring and the story and where it went and the epilogue of jar jar B- binks is, is is one of my favorite things i almost said jar jar best and, and I, that would have worked too um <laughs> and i was like 
of all the episodes of Clone Wars, of all the arcs, of all the titles, all the episodes, I remember this title perhaps more than any of them. <laughs> Bomb Bad Jedi. So that is, that can be good, that can be bad. I was so interested to look at this, go into it. And there it is. Layered into this is some wonderful politics of the galaxy conversation. We'll talk about stakes and big themes tied to that. And some good Jar Jar humor. There's some Jar Jar humor. There's some great 3PO humor we'll talk yes. about. Um, but I was in here, and I, again, sign of the times, maturing as a fan, things are, I, I don't know. But also, as I'm watching this, Joseph, I'd love to get your take on this. This, whether you're watching it chronologically or release order, this is very early in the series. And for uh, George Lucas and team to be like, you know what we're going to give them? We're going to give them the thing that they struggled with the most in this series. We got the Roger Roger of it all, and we got Jar Jar Binks, and we're giving it to him. I kind of love that about George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there is some stuff early in the Clone Wars that does feel like it is being responsive to the reception of the of the prequels. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, and I think my mind is uh, on this because, you know, we've recently uh, seen some of those interviews with uh, Lucas uh, from old uh, Star Wars celebrations where he was saying, like, I, I made the prequels because I thought the story of who Vader was was clear, but I but it it wasn't so i wanted to go back and make it more clear so i think i have that in my mind as i'm watching this and there's so much in these early episodes of like hey remember there's a, a bunch of moral questions about these who, who these clones are that's really interesting hey there's a bunch of moral questions about you know the separatists think many people involved think that they're doing something right but hey remember they're being manipulated hey and remember how you hated jar jar people inside the galaxy also look down on him, but should they? And like really wrestling with it, it really feels like Lucas going, here's the stuff that you didn't get from my prequels. Mm -hmm. I, I like that you framed it that way too, of just really, uh, that's, that's putting a finer point on it, of, of not just going, I'm giving you Jar Jar deal with it, but going just what you said. I know you don't like it, but is that right? Let me ask you that question. Yeah. Let me put it before you still might not like it. You still might not be your favorite thing. That's part of the reason I like not love this episode. But yeah, you look at it and you go, yeah, there you go. Uh, there's some value there. The value to the storytelling of the character, uh, it, it works. And so, yep, kudos to the man in flannel. Yeah, yeah, and and everybody else involved uh, who was or was not wearing flannel, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm the same of like it's not quite a love, but I really, really like this episode. I think I randomly rewatched it uh, when we were doing. Uh, the first episodes of this podcast, Clone Wars Report, and we were doing a Padme episode. I wanted to kind of refresh on her whole relationship with uh, Anaconda Far and the actual right. politics behind all that. Uh, and I remember being really struck, and it's really changed my thinking about Jar Jar to see, as you were alluding to, all these early scenes where the entire galaxy kind of looks down on him. Padme, you know, that's one of the uh, least great things that Padme ever does to go, Jar Jar, why don't you stay on the ship? Uh, 3PO needs your help. Like, yeah. that's not normally Padme. She normally does not, you know, think uh, less of someone. She normally does not, you know, uh, bend the rules and fib to someone. Uh, so I remembered thinking about that. It really sets it up as let's, let's wrestle with who Jar Jar is in Galaxy and do they treat him in Galaxy the way we've treated him mm -hmm. in the real world? Yeah. Um, so I was looking forward to re-watching it. The things that I really like about this episode is, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it in more detail, the fact that it is motivated by the really complex political reality of the Clone Wars, of why a system that should be concerned about the truth of the Separatists 
uh, would choose to join the separatist. Um, I love that we see so much, uh, besides that one moment of Padme's ongoing wisdom and resourcefulness. And the biggest thing for me that I really like in this episode that I think really sets it apart is uh, it uses all of the, a lot of the style of humor from the prequel trilogy all to make a point. Like none of it's to the side. Like uh, we've got wacky physical C-3PO comedy. Uh, we have some creatures, uh, according to the subtitles, roaring and farting. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we have a ton of uh, Jar Jar slapstick. Uh, but sometimes in the movies or even in earlier episodes of the Clone Wars, that stuff is just kind of to the side as a compliment to the rest of the episode. And the comedy, even the big wacky comedy is used for the storytelling. It's used for the themes. The comedy itself is sort of, uh, is being used to examine the truth of this character and the truth of these situations. And that, that makes it really refreshing and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taking it is, is he got all the great ingredients and just make it into a meal that you didn't expect. Sorry, I'm speaking a weird bumper sticker kind of. <laughs> I lost make it. a meal you didn't expect. Yeah. It's also the week you and I are having, but, um, yeah. 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 And, 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 uh, you know, we, we, we should, you know, Kevin Rubio who wrote troops is known for troops and has done a bunch of other things. Uh, tag and bank, the comics. He, he's the primary writer in this episode, at least, you know, wrote a lot of the main you know, beats. It would seem Henry Gilroy and another rock. I didn't write it down. Stephen Melching. There you go. And those are two clone wars, clone war mains, mainstays probably layered in a lot more of the serious stuff. But, uh, I thought that was a good, that was a good marriage. It was a good marriage. And, and, to, to take someone who could just use kind of the comedy that's present, whether you love it or not, to use it and to, to tell the bigger, more important story in, like you said, that prequel era ingredients. That's yeah. All. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I think clearly there is a, a different presence in uh, that must be Kevin Rubio because the comedy stuff is really, really great. It's all there to wrestle with the character of Jar Jar, not just, you know, wacky stuff happening on the side. Um, let's talk about the big themes for you when you're watching this episode. What ideas are at stake? So here's I'll go, it ties in a little bit to what we talked about the moral. So uh, sorry if some of this is repeat, but it goes. Uh, yeah. I can pull it into bigger stuff. Uh, acting for the good of others is something we all can do, right? So I, I focused on that because Palpatine, and, and it's funny, and it's low key kind of funny, by the way. I'm not. I just suddenly found myself defending Sheev. That's not a good thing. Um, Palpatine says, "May I recommend that only those are that are qualified for these delicate peace talks participate in them." Now that's something I do agree with overall just strategy of who's best for what, you know, you don't want to send a bruiser when you need a, a, a ballerina, you know what I mean? Like uh, I get it. That's just a good way to manage, but the way it's said, it is an insult to Jar Jar, right? It is a, it's a truth maybe, but it's an insult. It's a, uh, let's not uh, make sure he's not involved. Cause they, they want, they want to send uh, Padme with a clone commander or a clone squadron, uh, dangerous times. And she's basically like, I got my gun gun. I got my droid. Uh, <laughs> She's not wrong to say that, but it's, it's an insult and it doesn't, it's re that's wrong to just cut anyone out when all of us uh, have an opportunity to, to do something good when called upon or when the times call us to it. All of us has something to give to the greater good. And uh, we don't like to be, feel like we're cut out of it. That's not fair. It's just not fair. It's not fair to Jar Jar. And we know where his life and career might go. But so in this moment, uh, that's a big theme for me. Uh, we all can do it. We all have something to offer. And it's not fair to just cut people out. Uh, give them a shot. 
yes, move the right chess pieces onto the board in the right way, put the right starting lineup out there. Totally get that. <laughs> I am that guy. I'm a baseball coach at heart. I get it. But finding strengths and letting people try something new and let them contribute and, and find out what they can give. You might be surprised. That was a big theme for me. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think it is incredibly well set up. It is that that was a power I found rewatching it and having forgot that moment of like, oh yeah, no, that's, that's Sheev Palpatine. That's Darth Sidious. And even, even Palpatine is taking the time to go, uh, yeah, he's just, he can't even walk across the just cabin of this starship without almost killing everyone. Maybe, maybe not bring him. And it's accompanied with this brutal and sad Padme side eye. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I get it. I get it. You it's just, sorry. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, we, we rarely step on each other. No, it's fine. In the media. Go ahead. I apologize. Do you think years, years after this, um, you know, maybe five years before the, the battle of, of Yavin uh, or during that era, do you think Palpatine's up there uh, in his chambers, Vader's standing by there, there's just silence. And all of a sudden Palpatine's like, Never happened to that Jar Jar. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, I think he he thinks through all the chess pieces, right? And I mean, he has to because he successfully like he was Jar Jar was the easiest chess piece he ever moved, right? It was like yeah. one quick uh, little manipulation in office. I mean, he's certainly like, but I, I think that the way Palpatine thinks of even when he looks. Like if Palpatine got the full report, you know, from Newt Gunray through Newt Gunray through, uh, you know, Darth Tyrannus or whatever uh, yeah. of the episode we watched, I don't think Palpatine would take away the same lessons because I think he just doesn't believe like the great uh, inclusive baseball coach uh, <laughs> speech that you just gave of, you know, everybody deserves a shot. I just don't think Palpatine believes that. So I think he has to he would see this episode and have to reinterpret it and go. No, it was just dumb. It was dumb luck. Or is that, yeah. that damn Padme is resourceful or Anaconda Far is, you know, stronger yeah. than I thought. He would not ever look at it and go, it was the good, pure, kind heart of this idiot that saved everybody. <laughs> right. And look, hey, if a Gungan trips in the in the woods, uh, does it help or not? It helps. It helps. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. He puts the fire out, I guess. Yeah. yeah don't, uh, don't put that bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, the the obviously this is explicitly a story about uh, Jar Jar being brave and resilient and that making a difference. But the way I like uh, I like that this was framed, starting with, you know, the main characters of the galaxy worrying about him. It took his slapstick and was one of the times that really underlined it and said, yeah, he's dangerous <laughs> like yeah. literally to your life like uh that this level of klutzy and this level of you know always just kind of barging forward being friendly and weird and knocking things over is literally dangerous so it sets up this question of is jar jar binks a dangerous menace or a brave hero that even kind of gets restated at the end when Anna kind of is like i don't know if you're the bravest or most foolish jedi i've ever met um but just uh, to, to illustrate some of that early in the episode, you know, he he does he trips and the ship, you know, goes spiraling out of uh, control. He almost gets 3PO crushed uh, by that magnet. He does crush the ship. It's like physically, actually extremely dangerous. He's kind of trying to stop the battle droids, but he does also smash them. So it really is like the hey, if you're alone in a room with Jar Jar, even though he means well, he might accidentally decapitate you somehow. It's mm. actually frightening, right? Yeah. 
yeah. and that's such a, a great contrast uh, between where he goes of like he's he's not super thinking super planning he's not being cunning it's just this utter spirit of friendliness openness hey everybody else hears these swamp creatures as monsters but i like swamp creatures i'll try to talk to them you know padme the royalty is locked up there far away in the tower i'll go try to save her he doesn't even think of actually becoming a jedi or or trying to be pretend to be a jedi he just wants to disguise himself so he puts on the cloak and he's like oh no they think i'm a jedi like yeah the fact that it's not cunning right that it Mm -hmm. is just utter purity of heart in bravery and selflessness and pushing past we see he has fear but he pushes past it to just kind of blindly fumblingly do what is right in that that fact that they don't shy away in the wacky comedy of doesn't make him dangerous but ultimately it makes him really kind and and potentially valuable because he does make a difference uh absolutely yeah the pure heart angle it's 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 really good and, and ties into even some of my favorite moments we'll talk about with Jar Jar early on in this episode too. So yeah, pure heart, man. That's a, that's a, that is a trait. That is a skill you bring to the table. Pure of the heart. Just, you know, every day, just go underwater and, and kiss the sea monster and you never know what might happen. Uh, the other big theme for me that we kind of mentioned it briefly uh, with the moral itself, but just this idea of choice, it's, you know, stated really explicitly, uh, but I really like that it is framed in both the political and personal because the the big machinery of the episode is Anaconda Farr's decision to join with the separatists. And it, it, it seems like on one hand, he does have some extremely valid concerns, some extremely valid reasons to join the separatists, but he also knows in his heart of hearts that they, they're not to be trusted. And there's this uh, strong implication that he joined the separatists out of fear. And we even mm-hmm. get that direct conversation between Padme and, uh, and Ono about it of saying you know i had no choice and you know she said you you always have a choice which a pretty standard heroic and star wars thing to say but then specifically followed it up with the line to live in fear is no life at all Mm -hmm. which is a extra powerful it goes to this theme of choice on this sort of large political scale of, of we're we're very familiar with the idea of fear in star wars of you know fear of loss leading you to make bad choices, leading you to make selfish choices. Um, But here's this, I am afraid for my entire planet. And Padme introducing this idea that you've got valid concerns, but you gave in to your fear about those concerns and made a choice that was only going to make it worse for you Mm -hmm. was a really interesting expression of this concern about fear in Star Wars because it was so, um, Mm -hmm. it's literally global (laughs) for Rhodia. Yeah. Um, and then it even ties back to kind of Padme's path of wisdom through the the whole prequel trilogy of, you know, when there is, when liberty dies uh, to thunderous applause, that's because people are giving into fear, right? They're saying, sure, it's great that you're emperor because we're tired of this war. We're afraid of the separatists. We don't want to live in fear anymore. So sure, take our government. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This is, so I put some notes down. I'm glad you brought this up. This is so well stated. Just, there's this, I, I called it like a double-edged theme, but like, it's really, it's it's along the same path of, of what you're talking about with Favre, just fear, great way. And, I, and that Star Wars fear, that you, the Yoda's quote I've seen misused a lot. Um, uh, you fear, there's a lot of different kind of fears, and I love the one you're describing. But to, to me, um, I love having those discussions about politics and Star Wars 
and those little gray areas and the meat of Terry's of the separatist movement. We always talk about her and some of the truths and maybe things that should have been listened to. But it goes back to something uh, you had said one time, just like, uh, you know, we, we say there's no wrong way to watch Star Wars and you put out there like, well, well, unless you're rooting for Palpatine. Might be, <laughs> I'd submit potentially wrong. I think that's part of the lesson of Star Wars. That's part of light side, dark side, there is no gray Jedi. Those things we talk about here is in this episode. And uh, Farr's got some concerns, but out of fear, he goes against his core principles for short-term gain is what I wrote. And that doesn't end well. And that is a giant Star Wars lesson. But now here it is in politics or a senator being rightfully concerned. And then the flip side of that is it's Padme. Padme realizing, well, the Republic is, if, if, if we don't remember the plights of all, that's going to weaken the bigger cause. If we don't, you know, maybe I'll rephrase it as we don't remember the, the plights of some, all will be weakened. Maybe that's my bumper sticker version. <laughs> and I just, so I love that there's all of that's at play for me. And, and, and then we talk about stakes, what's at stake in this episode is, is maybe Padme has this realization. There's some cool stuff coming on. She's got, she's got some great action coming up, but as a senator, someone in this movement, as someone who does say, have you ever eventually say, have you ever thought we're on the wrong side? It's little things like this. And has the Republic also sacrificed some core principles for short-term gain? Not always out of ill will or intentional, just that's things you have to consider. So anyways, I like that because it isn't just about far. You could stop at, uh, you know, uh, Rhodia, you know, saying, hey, we got some valid concerns. And that's the end of the conversation. But no, they take those valid concerns, turn it into fear, and sacrifice those core principles for short-term game. And Star Wars will always tell you, no good. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, that was, like I said, probably my one of my very favorite uh, episodes or, or things about this episode and, and how it relates to kind of like the bigger uh, themes and mythology of Star Wars and just the story of this era because, you know, we have lots of discussions. We get great questions about who is right in which situation and who is wrong and what are other ways to look at it. And one of the things I've been most excited to talk about in Clone Wars is you you watch an episode like this and you're like, ah, it's the one where uh, we go to Rhodia and Jar Jar pretends to be a Jedi because that is the meat of the action. But yeah. it's often like the the Tom Kane <laughs> yells big political ideas at you. It's the first five minutes. It's whatever Padme's perspective is. It, it's just like explicitly, this episode is just explicitly a bunch of answers to what is really going on in the Clone Wars era that just walks you through it of Rhodia is on the outer rim. The uh, Senate is either stagnated from just sort of uh, years of sort of just be becoming a dysfunctional body or how much of that is Palpatine is actually making them dysfunctional. We don't really know that part of it, but we know, yeah, mm. the Republic isn't functioning. The outer rim is not, or Rhodia is not seen as powerful. They are in actual jeopardy that pirates are taking their food. And the Republic is going to send some uh, food supplies eventually. And Padme, uh, you know, our hero, knows this is wrong. So she goes out there without troops. And what do you know? She finds out that, you know, Anaconda Far is in this difficult position where he has every reason to doubt and question the Republic. Yeah. So he'll, go, he'll say... You know, this is this goes to the whole, you know, why does the crawl of uh, of Revenge of the Sith say they're heroes on both sides? Mm. He's absolutely right. Rhodia's in the Republic. They, they, they're they starving. They need help. The Republic should be there. So totally valid to go, maybe I don't want to be 
with the Republic anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to consider another political option. But then the other truth of the story comes in is the separatists sell themselves as a viable political uh, option in contrast to the failure, the legitimate failures of the Republic. And the problem with that is the separatists are led by evil wizards. <laughs> and Newt Gungray, who we'll talk about, who seems to be in the separatist movement simply to kill Padme. That seems to be his main motivation. We know he's greedy. We know he was promised peace. But what he wants more than anything is to kill that queen that didn't let him invade her planet 10 years ago. You know, so just... And that's what this episode is about, of just, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm going on, I'm real passionate about this, but just to put it real simply, I like that it walks through the complexity of, yep, the Republic is really failing. The mm. Separatists do seem like a legitimate uh, option. They're not because they're a lie. They're a manipulation of truly evil, greedy, hateful people. Yeah, by, by the way, I'm also picturing Newt Gunray, uh, Gunray on his uh, orientation day. And the separatists, here's your packet. Where do we go to kill the queen? <laughs> Where do we go to kill Padme? Uh, sir, no, you must sign up that, uh, that's a, you know. Um, yeah, no, and to put it in uh, simpler terms, we always make those jokes about the necessary rage stuff around these parts and, and why we didn't like the Duel of Fates, the heart of the Duel of Fates script or the conclusion it comes to. It's that thing. I want Star Wars, and this is Star Wars. I'm not talking about it, any other property or fandom. I want Star Wars to ask those questions. Should you touch the dark side to help the light win? Should you do go this way to look at I, I want those questions, but I always want the answer to come back um, to, to the answer being the light side, going towards the light um, and, and finding ways to get there, as complicated as they may be. And I love that. And I, that's, that was the biggest takeaway from this episode too, Joseph. Just like, oh yeah, like you, like you kind of said, buried in the bumbling of it all is a pretty straightforward, powerful message. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, be brave, follow your heart. Uh, don't make deals with uh, really angry, greedy, murderous people because they'll turn on you immediately, as they do. I, I really like that there is that moment that just sells it of like uh, Anaconda Far kind of being like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, but my people were starving. I, I know it's bad to turn you over. Oh, they're going to lock you up. Oh, they want to assassinate you. Oh, they're already giving us orders. Oh, boy, I made a mistake. Like, there's no ambiguity that he made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with that great line of Padme saying, you know, I think in reference to both uh, Jar Jar and to Rodia of, you know, we make the mistake of uh, thinking our most powerful allies are the ones that matter the most. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, but everybody matters kind of thing. Uh, what other kind of big picture connections to the larger story or morality or, of Star Wars uh, did you uh, get from this episode? I the- Final one for me is uh, Jar Jar receives the help he needs by valuing a creature feared and overlooked. And we've seen that before. We've talked a lot about how you and I love Leia sees Wicked as a potential ally and how that comes back to help and pay off. Uh, So there's a little bit of that there. But in keeping with Jar Jar, Jar Jar doesn't say, oh, let's get the slug monster to help us. He's just like, oh, look at this. I bet there's some friends out there. Does a dance, nothing. It comes back to help him. It goes to what you said, the, the, the pure of heart. It, it's just kind of building on that. I loved that moment early on. And, and it was probably something years ago. I'd be like, dear God, we got a Jar Jar weird noise dance sequence going on. And, and I, I'm, not in that, I'm not in that headspace anymore. You listening might be in that head, headspace still. I, I feel you. I hear you. I understand you. But I love the moment. And just, again, going to Jar Jar and, and, and you kind of you open up your heart. You get the love you need. 
That's right. You get a, a new friend named Bogey, who is apparently a Quasal Ma, uh, based yeah. on a design from uh, Ralph McQuarrie for a beast on Dagobah, uh, but gets to have his day in the Rodian sun in this episode. Yeah, same thing for me. And I, I think uh, that absolutely that everyone matters uh, theme and how much how often that plays out in Star Wars that you reach out to help someone and uh, they help you back. And that's what wins the day. All great stuff. I also just like the uh, another picture of organic versus technical and the, you know, bogey, the Quasalma just, you know, uh, defeating the rocket from the battle droids mm-hmm. and then just smashing all of the uh, of Newt Gunray's technology is also like yeah. pretty clear organic versus tech there. Absolutely. So uh, that is it. Uh, a look at some of the big picture ideas. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into some of our favorite action moments, comedy moments, connections to other canon and all that great Star Wars stuff. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com, that's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com, for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Continue our conversation about the Clone Wars episode, Bomb Bad Jedi. I didn't need to repeat the title. I just wanted to because it's such a fun title to say. Bomb Bad Jedi. Uh, Ken, let's talk about the action in Bomb Bad Jedi. Did you have a favorite action moment? Yes, I did. I had, I had a favorite action sequence and I had a favorite moment. All right. I'll start with the moment. The depth charges going underwater. The bombs, basically. The little, little, little uh, detonators. And there was this beauty in the chaos picture <laughs> Jar Jar in the middle underwater air bubbles bloop, 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 and just those uh, detonators, the bombs floating down. It was beautiful. It was an art piece. I'd hang <laughs> on my wall, Jar Jar and the bombs. I don't know why I just love little things like that. Uh, Attack the clones is a lot of in the battle of Geonosis, just some, wow, the beauty of horrible war and, even Last Jedi has a lot of that too, and, uh, uh, and this was just one of those weird little moments. I, I just really like that. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong for that, Joseph, but I liked it. No, I don't think so. I think that's you know a part of the fun of Star Wars. It's definitely a part of uh, Clone Wars, which is why we always uh, celebrate the action moments of like there are those moments that are like, well, that's awful, but beautiful. And you're right, there is something about like, oh, what are all these beautiful uh, art objects? These little orbs floating beautifully under. Oh, lots and lots of bombs. <laughs> Yeah, I remember really being uh, hit by that of like that's uh that's excessive. They are really concerned about this bomb bad Jedi. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love that one. Uh, and what's your other one? 
Uh, the sequence I, I like is, uh, is is Padme, man. She knows how to get out of things, man. She knows how to get out of things. We've seen this time and time again. We see where she maybe learned some of this in, in Queen's Apparel and whatnot. Uh, so I like I liked her escape. I like the fake conversation with the Jedi. Um, almost very Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney pretending, well, not pretending, but getting beat up for the trick. Uh, and and then uh, just knowing how to get out, man, and, and knowing where we're on a blaster. That's where Leia probably has some... Uh, Inherent skills there. Midi chlorine's not even needed for that for Leia and Padme. So I just like that whole sequence. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked uh, her escape. You know, in, in her escape, there's some great stuff in it. Like, you know, really, Newt Gunray, by now, you, you should be able to say, like, take her bracelets and her belt away because she always has lockpicking devices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I liked her escape. I liked it. It's really fun after reading uh, Queen's Peril, Queen's Shadow. The, those big, you know, kicks to the battle droids heads are like yep she learned that from panaka and trained yeah. with all the handmaidens it's all great uh but the moment that i really liked is her strange uh like uh parkour leap off the wall to get some height when she <laughs> blasted the two battle droids uh that were guarding 3po yep yeah i really i thought that was really great and really cool and this great uh it's just such a great balance in the action where you know a lot of the what i would say is action is you know uh Jar Jar trying and failing, you know, falling from great heights and, you know, bungee cord on a jump on a vine and things like that. And uh, contrasted with Padme's like, you know, doing a pretty good job uh, saving herself as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, to see like that parkour <laughs> leap yeah. in contrast to Jar Jar's bumbling was really cool. Um, this may be stretching the definition of an action beat. Uh, but I also just really like the sequence with the uh, with Jar Jar finally coming face to face with a uh, bogey, the Quasalmon being mm. terrified, and that well, actually, just the whole this whole swimming away from the rocket leading up to that, and then the explosion, and then the burp shot is <laughs> yes, a great moment of action when the sea monster burped out Jar Jar Banks. That mm. was one of my favorite action sequences. Uh, as, it, yeah, as well as just the smashing all the droids. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's just something cathartic about that after the whole episode of like, you know, Padme's fighting her best, but she's uh, outnumbered and uh, 3PO is trying to do what he b- does best, communicate. And uh, the Jar Jar is bumbling around trying to do his best. And then there's something cathartic about the Quasimaw is just like, let me take care of this. Smash, 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 smash. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bogey. Uh, let's move on to the comedy. This is one of those episodes of uh, Clone Wars where there might be more moments of comedy and whimsy and weirdness than there are of action. So uh, I think you and I are probably going to a similar place here with some really, really great uh, 3PO comedy, right? Yeah, overall, just this was some damn good 3PO stuff. I think 3PO humor can be done real real right i think it can be done real bad i still think attack the clones is kind of uh just the lowest of the low for me and and, and a lot of 3po humor we we did that big discussion already that's a me thing but the the there's a lot of it but the one the one moment i really i wrote down was god now i even forget what exactly what he does but then he says i think that was rather clever (laughs) oh yeah he tells him that the jedi was going the other way yes yes yeah which connects uh, of course to like a new hope when he's like I think they're on this level or whatever. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah, we can start about three PO. Just that was that was that was line. It's just it's great comedy of character. It's three PO being out of you know, fish out of water. You know, proper in an improper world. All those kind of things can come into play when it's done right. It really works for me. And and Anthony Daniels 
whenever he's delivering the voices and everything, he, he he knows the character well. That's why that's why he is three PO. He does know the character well, and I think there are appearances of three PO where it can kind of just fall into the rhythm of oh, three PO says of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then this episode gets some surprising and new and different delivery and attitude from three PO. This might be like one of my favorite uh 3po stories 3po moments he's got that great uh um moment that you're talking about i think that was actually quite clever and he's got that great moment with jar jar of when he's on the magnet of like oh jar jar is dead (laughs) Uh, but my single favorite uh bit of comedy in this entire episode and one of my favorite 3po bits of comedy is this kind of rapid fire real rhythm of vaudeville comedy going all the way through to you know kind of modern sketch comedy pitter patter delivery back and forth between 3PO and Padme about Jar Jar so part of the comedy is again the characters truly recognizing in the story that Jar Jar is a force of destruction (laughs) even if he means well Uh, and when 3PO is catching Padme up on everything that's gone wrong for them uh, and 3PO says, ship's been destroyed. And <laughs> and Padme says, battle droids? And 3PO says, no. <laughs> it's amazing delivery in that kind of, I don't know, just especially this earlier era of Clone Wars, a little bit more subtlety in the comedy where like, yeah. uh, you know, I've always said a lot when I write or direct a comedy, particularly with live theater, like my favorite lines are always the ones that, if you just read them on a page, you'd have no idea why they're funny. It's about mm. the delivery and the shared meaning. And mm. the, no. And just that delivery of no meaning Jar Jar. So she <laughs> immediately yeah. goes, Jar Jar. And he goes, Jar Jar. Very, very great, like comedy pitter patter delivery and, mm. and all wrestling with that mm. reality of like, we both know he's a he's a force of terrible destruction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. He yeah. he is death. Yeah. Yeah, he's death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, talking about the the, the dynamics and, and structure of comedy. I, I love hearing you talk about it. I love discussing it, and and it works. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll say I don't know that you know you, you never really know what lines how how it's broken up with the writers. But to bring up Rubio again, like yeah, Tag and Bank has a lot of some big slapsticky stuff, but it's got some real good comedy in there in the writing so i can i can see where some of that pops in but but again it all all to me it's the read on daniels that makes it or breaks it and, and he's just on point as always yeah and that reading of no is just inspired it's a, it's a level of emotion in a in a kind of a feel of emotion that we don't always get from 3 people but makes perfect sense for his character like mm-hmm. i don't know this is just like you get the sense often that 3 po we hear him sort of complaining or being afraid or every once in a while kind of mumbling a little aside of, well, I think that's dumb. But this is like totally like, it, this is something that that tipped into uh, 3PO being kind of like a judgmental gossip. Like if he felt he was perfectly safe, everything was taken care of, that you could just sit him down and he could just kind of tell you every dumb thing that Chewbacca ever did. Like yeah. <laughs> it has that vibe to it and I just love it. Yeah, it works. It, it works. I'm, and I'm thinking a lot of the Rise of Skywalker moments that work for me, uh, you know, come come from this kind of style to me. I don't know. Yeah. Love it. Good absolutely. job. Absolutely. Any other comedy moments uh, for you? Yeah, there was. It's just a line. I, I don't know. I, I just giggle every time Jar Jar says three. So hang on three. So I don't know why. <laughs> it's just stupid. I like it. And there's a there was a line. Yes, Yusa. Uh, love that there. But I love there's a great beat 
uh, two, two, two moments I want to talk about, but there's a great beat where Jar Jar's like, I'm not a Jedi. And they smash cut to Newt going, kill the Jedi. And I just <laughs> love the There's, there's a, a good smash cut joke works for me as, as well. And that one just, it's, I don't know, just where it worked on a big thematic level, what you were talking about. Jar Jar's not saying, let me pretend to be a Jedi. He just wants to go under disguise to help his friends. And the fact that Newt and others would be so fearful of a Jedi, but they want to destroy a Jedi that they can't see the truth in front of them. All that's at play. Uh, jokes go deep when, when, when you want them to. And, and this beat was hilarious, but also just tied into the themes. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. It, you're right. The smash cut makes it really funny to go from this absolute uh, bumbling possible menace to himself with a pure heart and the utter fear of Newt Gunray. Kill him. Kill him now. It's extremely funny. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, go for it. No, no, the final one for me, and I don't know, maybe I'm stepping on it for you too, but just uh, talking about George, George is going, oh, okay, you had some problems with the prequels. Let uh, Dave, team, shove this down their faces. Uh, I really, it might be now one of my favorite moments, uh, the Roger, Roger moment. <laughs> Roger, 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 Roger. It was almost police squad, you know, uh, naked gun stuff. I uh, just, uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah, no, that was that was my other big comedy beat that I loved. I, I like. Yeah, I also yeah. like Jar Jar saying like, uh, "Me, Misa, okay." It's kind of an old joke, but I like that one. But the Roger Rogers was like, it's it, it has great comedy rhythm and it's just sort of silly and fun. But for me, there's also like this slightly darker, slightly real edge. There, we've been talking a lot about. There's a lot of wacky battle droid comedy, but yeah. some of it does come from this place that's a little bit more like it darkly reminds you that they are sentient beings who've just been mass produced for war and are constantly in horrible mm-hmm. peril. Like the, you know, I, I just got promoted those kind of jokes. Mm-hmm. And this one had a flavor of that too, of like, if that is, they're all the same. That's the thing they're all supposed to say when they agree to something. And there's something just sort of like uh, frighteningly uh, off putting and sad about them all just saying affirmative, affirmative, affirmative in their own way. Oh, you know, like, Roger, Roger, right? Like they, they, they're compelled to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is just, just like there's, there's no life in this moment, but it shows an entire life that they can't live. <laughs> <laughs> they have no choice but to be. It's, it's, it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, delightfully like funny and, and kind of frightening. Yeah, yeah. Great comedy, great whimsy. Let's move on to other connections to Star Wars canon or lore or other stories. What jumped out at you? There's, you know, we can say there's, there's just some fun playing around. I don't think it directly plays around with it, I'll say. But just some fun playing around with Jar Jar the Sith of just, you know, does he eat bumbles his way into darkness? Because he, I don't know. I don't know. There's just, I saw, I, I thought about that often. Of oh, like, yeah. Of Jar Jar, what, what's working, what's working below? Is, is he, you know, is this evidence that he was a Sith? And obviously none of that's true, but. There's some connection there. We talked about Jar Jar's spirit to help is something he, he learned in Phantom Menace. Because remember, you know, I, when when you meet him, he he might not be super super willing to help, but he 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 flips his uh, you know flips his uh, thoughts on that pretty quick. But and it just becomes part of his life. And this kind of stuff ties directly to the epilogue of Jar Jar Binks in the aftermath books. Um, so the Jar Jar got some Padme stuff, but that's my Jar Jar thoughts of what it connects to. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. What what are your Padme thoughts? Uh, I, I, you know, peaceful negotiations and aggressive negotiations. Padme's definitely got that down. She <laughs> definitely got that down and she's learned it now. And again, I, I, 
enjoy that we can we can still see Padme as a as an action star when 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 it happens. You know um, that that's part of what uh, her character is. Even going back to Phantom Menace, it's one of my favorite things about the character in the Phantom Menace of uh, a fourteen year old queen willing to go back and, and die for her people and, and defend her people and and be in the middle of it. I, I think that's I've always loved that. And so that's there. Um, and she has the ability to do both, you know, she, she knows when it's uh, peaceful negotiations aren't going to work. So I like that there. And that's uh, going back to what I was talking about stuff with far and the, it's, it's her political journey towards the truth and uh, her truth and how she wants to help the galaxy. Now she wants to live in it that we never got to see go to, uh, you know, uh, fruition there. But uh, I, I think that's this is one of the key episodes, and it's you. You said you went back and studied it when we were talking about other Padme stuff, and I haven't seen this episode for seven years. And like, gosh, yeah, because I just did this. Just didn't the bombad Jedi ness of it all was what grabbed me versus you know not remembering that this stuff was in it. And I think it's key Padme little sprinkles of realizations that uh, factor into stuff later. Yeah, no, I love everything you're saying, and I think this is an episode that, even though you know, bombad Jedi, that's the title. That's sort of in some ways the uh, philosophical journey is Padme's and you know the Clone Wars and Star Wars in general has a ton of flawed heroes you know, I, I love Obi-Wan but he made many mistakes Anakin you know he, he made a couple mistakes <laughs> that you know form the first six movies that kind of thing uh, Padme absolutely does you know obviously uh, there she runs into some problems there's some great uh, gray areas to discuss like you know how and why did did she what was her culpability in some of these mistakes but by and large big picture i feel like padme is almost always sort of correct um from uh if you just sort of analyze what's going on in the episode and also i think if you uh my my opinion is that the uh perspective that lucas and filoni are trying to get across it's almost always padme who is carrying that philosophical perspective like we were talking about the whole story of the clone wars of that starting with yep the republic actually does have some flaws and padme this happens with bail too but padme in particular just always wanting to own that right Mm -hmm. uh and because she's the one who's willing to go hey yeah the republic is failing and i'm okay to admit that and i want to have some diplomacy and i want to talk to the other side and ask them what they need and see if we can possibly meet halfway and then you said it so well of uh you know peaceful diplomacy and then aggressive diplomacy and then she's got that side where and after i try that if you're just disingenuous and you want to kill me or you know (laughs) take over a planet i'll shoot you too if i absolutely have to but first let's really really start with diplomacy Uh, And that keeps putting a wrench in Palpatine's plans because he needs people to not be optimistic. He needs people not to reach across the aisle and understand Mm -hmm. one another. And Padme keeps trying to reach across various aisles and understand people. And I love that that's where it starts, where uh, she's really choosing. I'm going to go way out in the outer rim because Mm -hmm. my friend asked. I know it's dangerous, but as she says, I put my faith in diplomacy. We can't solve all of our problems by throwing troops at them. Right. Like if Padme can get enough people in the galaxy to listen to that sentence and believe that sentence, then Sidious's plan falls apart because his plan is based on people giving in to fear and anger. Right. And I love that that Padme is just kind of philosophically correct. Uh, she is politically correct. Uh, she rescues herself. Um, and she even by the end of the episode, 
is able to admit, like, I can see how I've been a part of this. I, you know, I just try to keep Jar Jar on the ship. I have been a part of saying, oh, it's fine. We're going to get those uh, food supplies to Rhodia eventually. So it's fine. And like admits her own faults, which is, you know, I think another thing that makes her a hero to show that that ability at growth. And then the other little uh, Padme moment that really jumped out at me for kind of larger canon story is once she figures out everything that's going on, her stated motivation is to arrest Newt Gunray mm-hmm. uh, after <laughs> she knows he's been tried because in, in the Supreme Court four times because C.O. Bibble told, told us very clearly um, that she wants to arrest him. Yeah. And that is like that kind of higher calling noble in such a great contrast to this other bit of canon I like uh, that we were talking about of Newt Gunray's just continued vengeance against Padme that he is mad at her for not letting him invade Naboo. He was tried four times and he was never punished. He entirely got away with it. And he's still like every day I want to eat for breakfast, eat for lunch, eat for dinner, dream at night. Padme needs to die because she said no to me once when I tried to take her planet. In the contrast between Newt Gunray, who appears every waking thought is kill Padme, mm. and there's no revenge. There's no, he wants me to, to die, so he has to die. She says, arrest him. Maybe the fifth time will be the charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still good. Yeah. So I just, I really liked everything about Padme's perspective, yep. and I like that really clear contrast between her and Newt Gunray. Yeah, and, and and to some of your bigger stuff here too. Just you know, you and I talk often of her kind of being the true rival and problem for Palpatine all the time, and during this era, uh, and why she was an important um, part 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 of his plan was to see to, to you know she dangle her safety is is what he dangles over Anakin, her survival over Anakin, uh, and what he needs to do to her. But all those times that he just got ah man Padme again. She'd gotten there, Padme. And, and that, that to me holds up the idea that you're saying if she is kind of the moral center, the moral compass yeah. story, uh, uh, and, and, and the only one on the opposite end of Palpatine. Again, everyone's fighting Palpatine. Uh, Obi-Wan's great. Yoda's great. All this stuff. But you know what I mean? Liz? There is, there's the two sides. There's the two towers kind of uh, looking across each other, except for they're not in the league like the second movie. Yeah, yeah, and she and she has a flexibility that the Jedi sometimes don't have, so she's a right. real contrast to them as well in this whole era. And and she wins this round with Palpatine because Palpatine's like, "Oh, you're right. The Senate is sending supplies right away." Yeah. And like, I'm sure Palpatine would rather that Rodia joined the Separatists or that mm-hmm. you know uh, there is some more conflict instead of yeah, you know, hey, uh, an ally is happy happy again kind of thing. It's not great for him. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That that's a great point to uh, th- this debate that you know it's not a debate that I, I recall us getting into uh, anywhere. But like, um, I, I always go to that Phantom Menace moment, and I I do think for a second Padme defeats him. Though I understand he is the Phantom Menace who has foreseen a lot of stuff, but it's never step by step as he as he goes. So he might have targeted Jar Jar in the movies to give him the vote. But here, yeah, you're right. I, I thought that too. Sheev Palpatine, not Emperor Palpatine, but Sheev Palpatine at the end can't be like, oh, this is exactly like I want it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a win for Padme for me. It is a win. And she does. She is the rival. Yeah, yeah. And a, and a brief uh, problem that Newt Gunray is successfully arrested for now. Tune into next episode. Um, the other bit of canon for me that I was just a little... A fun thing, but also kind of opened some interesting doors. Was uh, Jar Jar in three PO going on the smashed uh, Naboo ship? 
uh, and finding this accidentally, well, not accidentally, <laughs> Georgia just says, this button still works. <laughs> uh, and opens the closet door, finds Anakin's Jedi robe, and uh, and Anakin's like, or not Anakin, but Jar Jar is like, who does it belong to? And Thrubio says, I wouldn't, um, no. Making it clear that he does know, and he's lying. <laughs> How did that affect you? Let's get it on. <laughs> Ooh, come on, sugar. Yeah, uh, loved it. I loved it. I love that 3PO, who is uh, memory over race, can't remember things. Da, 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 da. We know what happens at the end of Revenge of the Sith. R2 is the one with the knowledge. But I love, in this moment, I love that 3PO is like, um, I don't, that's a Jedi robe? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I just I love it. it's yeah. another bit of nuanced great delivery from Anthony Daniels, which is totally in line with who 3PO is, but really lets the audience know like, oh, no, 3PO totally fully knows uh, and understands this relationship between Anakin and Padme and is covering for it, you know? And uh, I mean, I love that you did the uh <laughs> the beautiful song cuz I pictured in my mind that like the moment where, you know, I mean, I know he was at the at the wedding obviously, so yeah. he knows that. Um, but just that this is like this ongoing thing and that he's covering for it in just the yeah. uncomfortable moments where uh, Anakin comes over to the apartment and three people just sitting alone in the living room. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Again, yeah, and of course, three people knows, but just, uh, to play upon it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, those secret relationships, kids are never as secret as you think. Trust me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I love, is this like, so this is like Anakin's backup robe i love it at some point he was like well what if i what if i just leave a robe here yeah yeah <laughs> just in case so yeah i mean he's uh leaves too many different things around uh padme he's a cloak a lightsaber lots of stories in the clone wars are motivated by anakin leaving something lying around uh but yeah i just love that uh that sense of duplicity i've i was watching on uh reading on social media a good back and forth about kind of a classic question at this point of in a new hope when 3po uh, doesn't uh, uh, luke asks who leia is and 3po is like ah, i'm not sure a person of some importance on her last trip uh and obviously from modern canon 3po is well aware of who leia is so that great discussion of like is he keeping that from luke you know and a little while later he tells r2 to trust luke because luke's their new master uh but this line almost feels like yeah no 3po uh, being a master of communication who sometimes doesn't get the subtleties of human interaction. Yeah. There's some things that he does get and some things he's willing to cover for. Yeah. And knocking Jedi boots is it apparently. Good job. <laughs> three. So good job. Three, so. Good job. Three. So yep. Uh, there's a bit of uh, human interaction that three PO truly deeply understands. Yep. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, I love Jar Jar. I'm in a real positive place on Jar Jar. It's, it's still, you know, it is what it is and it's not for me, all, all the beats, um, even though I can dig into the deep themes. So, you know, I still would say even after this, I don't immediately run back to rewatch Jar Jar episodes. Right. I just gotta, I just gotta be honest with that, but I, I just still love what Jar Jar represents and the storytelling that can be done with Jar Jar Binks is is something, uh, you know, I even, I'm open to more of it. Uh, you know, that's why that Wendig thing, I just absolutely still, I mention it all the time because I loved it. I loved seeing it and I loved the turning the page and going, oh my God, is Wendig taking us to Jar Jar? And that really worked and affected me. So I, I always want to remain open to it. 
But these aren't my favorite moments, you know, the beep bop, you know, Jar Jar making a, uh, you know, a sound to a slug. Not my favorite, but it's all right. It's okay. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I love the ideas. I love some specific uh, beats of comedy. But yeah, some of them are uh, really straightforward and, you know, might have a different effect if you see them at a certain point in your life. And But mm. sometimes like, yeah, I can't wait to get back to, to this moment or this joke that I find more meaningful uh, in between uh, this bit of uh, tripping and thrashing. Yeah. <laughs> totally understandable. Uh, I'm now just kind of obsessed with uh, watching how deep we get into the first season of Clone Wars before there's an episode uh, that doesn't have a, a bad feeling about this. Because uh, Thrubio's got a, I have a, a very yeah. bad feeling about this. Uh which I actually kind of like because I think 3PO himself probably says this like seven times a day. Yeah. Like, I think when Anakin comes over and says, hi, 3PO, and then just goes, he and Padme go straight into the bedroom and 3PO is <laughs> alone on a couch. I think he says, I have a very bad feeling about this. Totally. <laughs> Nothing else that I, uh, that I disliked or questioned. Mm-hmm. This episode has so much going for it. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on in this episode? Uh, no, no, no. I just, I wanted to make sure we talked about that robe and we did, sir. We did. Yeah. We talked about that robe. The only other thing I wanted to touch on, you already brought up, but I like, especially the back half of this episode. Uh, I like the Jedi of it. Um, obviously there's just the actual plot mechanics of Jar Jar wanting to disguise himself, being confused for a Jedi. Uh, but then that line at the end with Anaconda Far about, you know, bravest or most foolish, in it in kind of this idea of what you know is a jedi brave or is a jedi foolish uh but more than anything what you're talking about with nuke gunray that they're just the concept of a jedi that we the audience know isn't there the threat the shadow the idea of a jedi causes an endless amount of terror and hope right because there's even a line about like if the jedi padme uses uh the jedi to escape uh another character says if there's a jedi here they might be our only hope uh, and Newt Gunray is, you know, just chasing his own tail and screaming, kill it, kill it. And just like so motivated by the fear of a Jedi and everyone else is inspired the hope that a Jedi is there. And it's a really interesting idea to take the actual actions of a Jedi away, the actual power, and just look at, at a Jedi as an idea and how the idea of a Jedi changes people be, people's behavior and in the weird way, watching this, watching, you know, people in, in dire situations get hope from just the idea of a Jedi and watching, uh, you know, angry, greedy, bad people just run around in circles in their fear of a Jedi. I'm suddenly relating the season one Clone Wars episode, Bomb Bad Jedi, to like a lot of the ideas in the sequel trilogy and Last Jedi in particular, you know, that so much of that is about, you know, Snoke as Palpatine's puppet being like, I just can't do anything until the Jedi are gone because if they're if they're still here, uh, people are going to have hope, <laughs> and it's all about the hope and the fear of this shadow of a Jedi. And I get this connection between Luke hiding on an island, going, "I don't want to do anything. I'm not even connected to the Force. I'm not even here," and Jar Jar uh, bumbling around in yeah. Padme's secret husband's robe. And it, but it's kind of the same impact of same impact. just the idea of a Jedi inspires hope and fear, and it changes things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Even, yeah, a Jedi, the name, the name alone, what it brings. I like, yeah, and focusing on, on the hope it brings, on the hope it brings, but uh, also the, uh, the tension. Yeah, 
the hope mm-hmm. and the terror of the bomb bad Jedi. Uh, we're going to wrap up, as we always do, with uh, some action figure talk. If you could have a figure of any character from this episode, who do you want? Well, you know, we already got the bomb bad Jedi Jar Jar figure available, right? Yes, so, we do. Okay. It's it's yeah. a real thing. It is a real thing. Uh, what is the slug creature's name again? Oh, boy. It is Bogey? the Quasalma. Quasalma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want one of those. Life <laughs> to scale. A little soft, little squishy gel-like oh, figure. Oh, yeah. With spit-out Jar Jar action. <laughs> you squeeze it and Jar Jar comes flying out? Yep. <laughs> Give me that. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, in the era of the Phantom Menace, they would have made that toy for mm-hmm. sure. Lots of Jar Jar projectile toys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I just can't get past the actual uh, Jedi Jar Jar action figure, which is real. So I might go look at how expensive it is after we're done with this recording. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk about Cloak of Darkness, Season 1, Episode 9. It does uh, continue the story of Newt Gunray, but I thought the episodes were different enough that they deserve to be separated out and not just treated as the uh, the Gunray arc. But we will be diving into the story of Cloak of Darkness next week uh ken to close close us out what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be i think the moral of of the podcast should be when a robe emerges it is time to wear it (laughs) Uh, that is it is a hero's time whenever they see a robe to put it on Uh, i'm gonna embrace that the next time i can go to bed bath and beyond and and see what the employees (laughs) think of of me embracing that moral (laughs) you see a robe embrace your destiny uh ken do you want to tell people where they can find a uh, four center i sure do you can find us on twitter at four center pod use the hashtag four center join the, that conversation there we're on facebook at four center podcast we're on instagram we're on youtube as well yeah we've been putting up the uh, audio versions right now i know a lot of people want to see our faces not we're not always camera face showing ready early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> no uh, there um uh, but uh, go to YouTube, subscribe over there, uh, and, uh, and don't uh, hit that bell. Don't miss those notifications, all those good things. Uh, you can uh, get us uh, podcast-wise on Anchor, iHeartMedia, uh, more places soon. I know uh, in case anyone starts asking, Amazon Music is now doing podcasts, and we have uh, submitted for that. Uh, we're trying to figure out that process, so stay tuned for that. Just search, and uh, if we're not on uh, a spot, let us know. We'll try to get there. You can buy merch at tpublic.com slash user slash center, and you can support us at patreon.com slash center and help us uh, reach goals and uh, grow the podcast and keep the lights on. And as always, I say the best way to support, also just tell a friend about Force Center. You can also follow us at uh, kenapsock.com com big uh, fun announcement hopefully soon uh, on there on an, an event coming up i'll let you all know about but uh, uh go there for updated information and you can follow me at ken Napsock. joseph yeah you can follow me twitter and instagram at joseph scrimshaw and you can go to my website joseph for links to my podcast obsessed comedy albums and a link to the show that i write for on adult swim tigtone weird fantasy comedy show if you want to check it out you can find it by googling tigtone or you can go to my website josephscrimshot.com for now that is it for myself for ken for the bomb bad jedi himself this has been the clone wars report
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.